Y'all give Scotty a hand this morning. Yeah, man, uh, you know, and that's the thing, man, that's our, our prayer is we want to make sure that everybody has, has found the Lord. But you know, the Lord ain't lost. It's us that's lost, right? We're the ones that are lost. And, and uh, we want to do something different today. You had a couple of guys that wanted to, wanted to share. You know, we've been talking about an aha moment, right? And I know we do some things to kind of stimulate you know, think, thinking about God and, and, and God working. Because isn't God always working? Look, man, God's always working. Whether we see Him or not, He's always working. And, and he's, always, he's always stimulating us to come to Him. He wants us to come to Him. You know, the, the, the prodigal son that was lost, the father, the story's about the father, not the son. Every day the father was expecting and anticipating the son to come home. That's what God wants for us. He wants us just to come home. And uh, so those aha moments, man, are, 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 are to stimulate us to come home, to come to Him. Uh, and man, I don't care how close you are to God. He wants you to be closer, right? He wants us to be so close that we look just exactly like Jesus. I'm not there yet. I don't know about you guys. Okay? So we got a couple guys who want to share their aha moment. And it may not be necessarily as a result of going through a parable of Jesus. It's just a moment in life that happened to them that's really changed their life. So I want you to hear from them today. I think what a great way to close out this year to hear somebody's story about how, how God has really rocked their world and changed their life. And I, think, I pray, man, and I know it will. It'll be an inspiration for you to really search and seek for God in your life. First guy is... Uh, Jack Lewis. Jack, come on. Him and Mary are going to come up and, yeah, give Jack a hand. He's going to share, and then after Jack, we've got uh, uh, Jerry Eberly is going to share about a significant aha moment in his life. So y'all give Jack a hand. <laughs> Love you, Jerry. I'm Jack, and this is Mary. We're going <coughs> to Anybody that knows me knows I can talk one-on-one -on -one forever. <laughs> this is my first, and I pray that God will see me through it. August 3rd, let me say I was raised in a Christian home with a wonderful mother and father and rebelled at a young age. Alcohol, fast cars, motorcycles, girls was my life. Been pretty much a handful my whole whole life, you can ask Mary, and the people that really know me. But God has did miracles. August the 3rd, three years ago, I rode to Sturgis. Beautiful ride. Two and a half days, 1,800 miles, which anybody that knows me, that's not a big ride for me. I love to ride. Love to ride a motorcycle. Can ride forever. I got there, I felt well, called Mary, told her how well I was doing. Got up the next morning, and my friends, my brother and I were the first campers at this campground in 1990, and we'd become friends with a lot of people. Been there many times, been out there like 25 times. And everybody left, and I told them I'd meet them at the Harley. Well, 
I eat nitroglycerin because I've had heart disease. I did have heart disease. I don't have heart disease anymore. Uh, at, I was diagnosed at 48 years old. I've had 14 heart attacks, 12 stents, and open heart surgery. God has kept me here for a reason. I uh, got up that morning, felt great, called Mary, talked to her, and I started having chest pains, which was not abnormal. I eat nitroglycerin. I go through a bottle a week. After the third, after the sixth nitroglycerin, I'm on the ground. Something told the lady at the campground, which is a real close friend, to come and check on me. She was cleaning her grill. And she said, well, she thought to herself, no, when I'm done cleaning my grill, I'll go. She said something just grabbed a hold of her. And she come down, I'm laying on the ground. And I said, man, she said, oh, my God, Jack, what's going on? I said, I'm having a heart attack, and I'm not going to make it. So she called 911, and they was there instantly. And they come, and they picked me up. I got notes, but God told me to forget about them. <laughs> and they picked me up and took me to Rapid City, South Dakota. I go in, and there were two doctors, and one of the doctors says, get him to the cath lab. And the other doctor said, there's no use, he's dying. This is where it gets interesting. I said, I'm dying, and the doctor said, yes, sir, Mr. Lewis. I said, how long do I have? He said, minutes. So I called Mary and told Mary, I said, I've had a heart attack. I'm in the hospital. Don't come out here. I'll be home. And I didn't lie. Didn't tell her how I was coming home. So I died. They called my family. They called my oldest son. Told my son that I had passed away. And wanted to know what to do with the body. They said, well... His longtime girlfriend is coming out. Let her decide at all. So he started notifying my family. So I laid there between an hour and a half and an hour and 15 minutes. And the guy from the morgue come to get me, and he started to take me away. And he said, hey, he said, this guy took a breath. Dr. Sass was my doctor. He said, oh, man, he said, He's dead. That's reflexes. He said he's defecated. He's de get him out of here. He stinks. Now, my doctor told me that. So he, uh, he said, well, I'm not leaving until you check. So he found a faint heartbeat. State of South Dakota, they got to hook you up for seven days unless somebody from the family says to unhook you. So he hooked me up, called my son. Said there's no activity going to his brain. He's brain dead. If he was to live, and he's not going to, he would be a vegetable. You need to unhook him. My son again said, Mary's on her way out there. Let her make the decision. If she got there, she wouldn't let him unhook me. Okay? Sixth day, they unhooked me. I flatlined. Told her, he said, do you see what's going to happen? Make arrangements of what to do with the body. They unhook him tomorrow. It's done. Okay. Well, meanwhile, while this was all going on, I could see hell. And my two favorite people in the world were my grandson and my daughter. There was a big arch 
and a light like I can't describe, and they were standing there. I could look to my left, and I could see hell. I looked at them, I had peace. I could, you'd believe me, you don't want to go to hell. Believe me, these people, these people were going through where you can't, they're going through hell, okay? So, I said to God, God, I don't want to go there. What do I have to do not to go there? And he said, Mary, Mary. I was never going to get married. But when God tells you to do something, do it. So the seventh day, they unhooked me. They already told her I was brain dead. They told my son I was brain dead. Unhooked me, and I didn't flatline. And the doctor, they pulled the tubes out of me. I could hardly talk. I got an upper plate. They never took it out. It was crossroads. Got straightened up, and I could barely whisper. He said, Mr. Lewis, do you know where you're at? I said, Rapid City, South Dakota. He said, do you know how you got here? I said, yeah. I rode a motorcycle, and I had a heart attack. He said, you know who the president is? Birthday, name, give it all. And he looked and he said, believe it or not, this guy is okay. I was a miracle. I was a miracle. God wasn't done with me. Mary can tell you, the last three years, they, we know people that have given their heart to the Lord because of my testimony. It's not about me. It's all about God. God does, God does extraordinary things through ordinary people. And believe me, I'm as ordinary as they come. I'm just a hillbilly boy born and raised in West Virginia with not much of an education. But also, the church family, to tell you how great a family the church family is and how important it is. Mike and Sandra did not know me. They offered to come and get me. They offered to come get me, Mary, and my motorcycle. They weren't the only ones. They were the first ones. God has blessed me so much and changed my life and made such a better man out of me. Thank you for your time. God bless you. Good morning. Woo. You wouldn't believe the difference between right there and right here. <laughs> I can promise you, I would rather play those drums naked than stand here like this. <laughs> but it'll be all right. We're going to be okay. Um, I'm here to share my story of how Jesus picked me up and carried me through cancer treatments. Um, and also, and more importantly, how God had a plan long, long before I ever knew that there was a problem. Um, we're going to do things a little differently. I'm going to the ending first because it's so good, we're going to do it twice. <laughs> um, 
kind of like one of those movies that I hate when they do that. But <laughs> on October 25th, after seven months of cancer treatments and everything that goes along with it, God delivered me, and my final PET scan on my mother's birthday showed no sign of disease. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. Oh, um, it all started in March of that year, 2021, um, and it's taken a long time to be able to get through this, trust me. Um, I felt something in my neck swelled up, lymph node was swollen, and um, I went through about 20-so days of tests, and uh, the, um, the uh, next 23 days were just crazy. I mean, in the, in the beginning, it's everything that you ever imagine when you hear the word cancer and you find out that, yes, you have cancer. Um, or in the beginning, you don't know. You're just wondering. And I'm telling you, I was freaking out for just a short period of time. Um, I was mad. It was in my throat. I've never smoked a day in my life. I was just, I know people who smoke so many cigarettes, their fingers and their mustache is yellow. And you just get that in your head. You're like, how is this even possible? Um, I was sad. Uh, my family, Connie, my wife is here this morning, and my daughter. I was just... I'm the fixer. Um, I'm supposed to be here to take care of them. Uh, my mom and dad are still alive. Um, I'm blessed to have them, and parents just should not have to bury their kids. Um, at work, also the fixer. I've been doing it so long. Anything that breaks down, I'm there. I, it's already done at least once for me. I can know how to fix it. I'm freaking out. I'm checking life insurance policies and make sure everything's up to date. I don't know, you know, is it throughout my whole body? I don't know what's going on. I even got on WebMD. I'm going to figure this out on my own. And if you know, if you've ever been on WebMD, <laughs> it pretty much convinced you you're going to die. Um, I was a spiritual deer in the headlights for a very short period of time. And, um, you know, God was already in it. And, uh, I just hadn't given it to him yet. Um, I started to tell a few people, and this is where God took me over. I finally gave it to him. Um, people started praying for me, and when people tell you they feel your prayers, that's don't take that lightly. I pray that you never have to have those type of prayers, but I promise you I could feel those prayers, and I could feel the, just the joy and confidence in the Lord coming over me. Um, I didn't even know what to pray. I just prayed for help. And uh, as the more and more I started praying and friends started reaching out to me, um, I, it just took me over. And along this time, um, I listened to a lot of worship songs, as you can imagine. Um, I heard, Your Love Never Fails. And this stuck with me to this day. Um, is Romans 8.28. I believe we got a slide. Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. And I would repeat this so many times to myself, all things, Lord, all things, Lord. Like I'm trying to remind him of his word in case he forgot <laughs> all things. And I remember standing right back in front of the soundboard one day going, all things, Lord, all things, Lord. And, uh, you know, something came to me 
um, the other day. This gave me so much peace, but I promise you, Friday I was riding down the road listening to songs, and this just came to me, a little sidebar here. Um, all things means exactly that. And I promise you, everybody in here, including myself, would much rather have a new car or a new boat or a new motorcycle and think of the things that we could do for the Lord to, to spread his kingdom. I'd, I would take them to the end of the earth, man. Wouldn't it be so much more fun that way? But all things means just that. As it happens so many times, God will take the most painful hurtful scariest thing that came from sin because before sin there was no disease and he will use that to bless you god will take the hurtful nasty things and he'll bless you through that he could use all those other things that are just bigger and shinier and we just want them because they're of the flesh but he's going to use the nastiest thing he can find and he's going to bless you through that because it's going to stick that way it has changed me immensely I've gained so much from my experience and time spent at the feet of Jesus praying throughout this that I would not be the same person had I not gone through it. Um, back to the story. Got the uh, results um, on my phone, believe it or not, before my doctor ever called, and it was metastatic squamous cell carcinoma positive for malignancy. Um, I've got a picture of my first PET scan, and you can see that the, the top one is the is my tonsil and the bottom one is the lymph node it was stage three cancer um so now i'm prepared i'm already prepared because god can use all things and he's going to use this for me um i told everybody here and i remember praying right here jd came down and put his hand on my back and he prayed for god to work in a mighty way and that's exactly what i needed right then and and i carried it with me and people started reaching out and I cannot tell you enough how important it is for you to reach out to people. If they have anything like this going on, say something. Say, I love you. Say, hey, man, you got this. Say anything. Don't be afraid to say cancer. They know they have cancer. You know, it, it's okay. It's really real. You've got to reach out to them and talk to them. It means everything to them. Um, this is when, shortly after this, I had just found out, and God started showing up big time because I'm hard-headed. Um, I don't catch the little subtle things. He's going to slap me right upside the head with it. So um, in January, I could have changed some routes at work and taken a route off the road and laid somebody off. And I just I couldn't do it for whatever reason. My heart would not let me do it. Um, I never have been that business is business kind of person. And I take other people's feelings and their families into consideration. And now here I am three months later, I was able to do the same thing take that route off, make this guy my sales manager, let him do what I used to do, and everything went seamless the entire time I was out of work. We never missed, we never had one crisis, we didn't miss anything. Around the same time, God sent me to Duke to be treated. When, when my doctor finally did call me um, from Fayetteville, she, I asked her, should I go to Duke, because that's my dad's answer to everything. Duke saved him, and as soon as you have an issue, you need to go to Duke. I knew that was what he was going to say, and that's exactly what he said. But um, I asked her. She convinced me that I could get my treatments in Fayetteville, which I was, I was a little weary about it, and I honestly, it was stressing me out more than I thought it was. Um, the next day, they called me when I was riding down Ramsey Street, pulling into the Walmart. They called me, and they said, uh, Mr. Everly, Cape Fear Valley's system has been hacked 
do you want to go to Duke or to Chapel Hill? I immediately said Duke, and I promise you I've not talked to one person affiliated with Cape Fear Valley that knew anything about their system being hacked, but they could not make appointments at that time, and I pulled into the parking lot, and I just busted out crying. I promise you. I was so overwhelmed, and I just couldn't even believe how things were just falling into place. Um, around this same time, um, I can just remember thinking a lot about how the light in me cannot dim, that I've got to fight through this. The Lord's on my side. I'm seeing it right in front of my eyes now. And um, another verse came to me that I've sent to so many people, um, and I just happened to come across it in, in reading, and uh, is Isaiah 41.10. And this actually, these two verses stuck with me so much. And so do not fear. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and uphold you with my righteous right hand. These verses were so key in keeping my eyes on Jesus through this time. I had uh, seven weeks of radiation Monday through Friday, chemo on Wednesdays, which was about five hours. Um, the first time in, they, uh, they make a mask for you. And I've got I've got another picture when it's done. But when they're making when they're making this mask, you are laying on a table, and suddenly there's ten nurses around you. They put a hot sheet of plastic over, and they form it to your body. The only thing you can move is your eyelashes. You have a mouthpiece in; you can breathe through it, but you can't lick your lips, and you cannot move. Twenty minutes to let this thing dry. As soon as it's dry, and that's, that's for your radiation treatments, and it's just for aiming. You cannot move, or it'll hit something it's not supposed to hit. So that was the uh, everyday thing right there. But as um, soon as that was done, 20 minutes for the initial PET scan, where they slide you in the tube, and I promise you that that's a, that's a prayer tube. I prayed so much in that tube, man. I, at one point, they have a mic in there in case something happens they can hear and um, I had crazy thoughts, so I had to do something. I was in there thinking this is how the people on the movie Dexter feel when they're getting ready to get murdered. I mean, it, it, was, it was nuts. So I started praying. And at one point, I think I almost started singing a, a, a worship song. And I was like, I can't let these people hear me singing in here. They'll shut the whole thing down. But, um, you know, it's a very great time to pray. And I did. And the cards, after that, the cards started pouring in because everybody knew I have a stack of cards at home. I swear I cannot thank you guys enough. Anybody who texted me reached out. It was just so overwhelming. All my friends started calling me. I had three friends that I talked to a lot who had cancer that I did not know had cancer at the time. I've got a friend that I fished with who was going through the exact same thing, and I did not know he had cancer. I've got a neighbor, Connie, I talked to. Tracy King's sister, Donna, was going through it at the time. I talked to her. These are so, it's so instrumental to have, to know that you are not alone, spiritually or physically. You are not alone, that there's other people. And that's, that's why it's so important to reach out. The first two weeks of treatments, everything is awesome. No pain. I'm going to Cracker Barrel every day when I get done. And, I mean, we're pigging out, and it's just, it's amazing. But, uh, you know, that's when God showed up big time. <laughs> I was sitting on the swing, and this is before I had really gotten sick and uh, started having a lot of pain. I was sitting on the swing, and uh, Connie came out and sat down with me, and she said, I got something I got to tell you. And I'm just like, "Woo, hit me. 
I've, I've had it hit me. <laughs> so she said, uh, I'm losing my job. Well, she's a contractor on uh, Fort Bragg, and we're kind of used to that thing because the contracts change every couple years. You can lose your job. But at this point, this is not when she needs to lose her job because she carries the insurance. I didn't know whether to throw up or go lay in the woods and never get back up. <laughs> it hit me like, whoo, but as soon as she said that, she said, don't worry. I've, I've got it covered. I've got an interview. She had tried for a long time to move over from the contractor side to the corporate side and go to work full-time. Wouldn't have to worry about losing contracts, funding, and all that. So she had an interview. She absolutely aced the interview. She got a job with corporate. She doesn't have to worry about all the contract things again. This is how I knew God exactly. This is how I knew God was right in the middle of this. She actually got an email from the CEO of the insurance company that told her everything will move over seamlessly. You will not have to meet your deductibles again. If you have any issues whatsoever, you contact me personally and we will take care of you. That, to me, I couldn't even believe what I was hearing. So, all things, right? All things. But this just lifted me up. Um, by Father's Day, I can't swallow. My tongue is swelled up. Um, I went to shortly after the 4th of July or around on the 4th of July. I had to go to Duke um, because they told me I was dehydrated, had malnutrition, and I needed to go in and get a feeding tube put in. Um, I had only eaten banana popsicles for about 10 days straight, dropped 26 pounds just like that. Not, I would not have recommend that diet at all. Um, uh, four days in the hospital was just depressing. Um, all I could do was pray for help, and God gave me rest. That was my help. I would wake up and look at that clock and stare at it. The TV never shut off for four days. I would just pray for help, and I'd go back to sleep. It was a miserable time, but he gave me rest, and he was right there, and I knew he did not orchestrate all these things to abandon me now. So I'm praying myself to sleep now pretty much permanently at home. Um, Connie has to crush my pills to put in my tube three times a day and it's just a rough time um i did after that i did get a little bit better off and uh i've got a picture here i went fishing with tracy and tracy heard a lot of this stuff real time and i barely got it out i promise you i was in tears trying to tell him while fishing there's no crying in fishing but um i can the thing that gets me about this picture is when i look at it all i see is joy i did not let the pain, I, it hurt, I swear it did, but Jesus was right there with me, and I was praying so much, and I just looked at that picture, I said, man, you can't even tell I had cancer, you can tell I lost some weight, which I'll take that, but you can't tell that I had cancer, um, and through this, God's plan was revealed so many times to me, the blessings are mounting up, and uh, how can I spend this much time at the feet of Jesus praying and talking to God and not be moved and not be changed? Um, so September 6th, I ate my first bite of food by mouth, which took about a month before I could eat again and swallow. My tongue was just swelled up, um, did a lot of spitting. They, they equate it to your, you being sunburnt in your mouth. So you're spitting little pieces of skin are coming off and it's just, it's rough. But, um, again, October 25th, my mother's birthday, the Lord delivered me. 
no sign of disease on the PET scan, and God gets all the glory. Amen. That's right. Woo! So now, what's next? You know, what is, what's my post-cancer purpose? I've contacted so many people that I've seen that have been diagnosed or are close to being, don't know if they have cancer, and if I can just give them a little bit of hope and light, I'll take that because you need, people just need to reach out and talk to people. It's, um, I think it's kind of odd when I talk to them. I know that sometimes they've got to be thinking, man, this guy's a little too excited about having had cancer. But it's not that. I mean, it's just like playing worship music to me. God showed up, and man, he delivered me, and it's such a blessing, but how do I, how do I make you feel what I feel? about this that's that's the problem that's the same thing i have playing worship music you see how excited i am and how i am playing worship music i can't stress for you enough this has changed me it's changed my life the joy oh man come on you can't go through some something like this without having it um i just want everybody to feel the love grace mercy and all that i feel and i'm 100 percent overwhelmed by it um I am available. If you know anybody that is that thinks they have cancer, that are going through tests, anything, tell them to call me. I'm in the directory. Ask anybody in the band, JD, anybody, get my number. Tell them to call me. If I see a prayer request for them, I will reach out to them, and I will talk. I've done it many times already. And um, it's, it's just something that's needed, and uh, I just, just please... Have them call me or reach out. Tell them to please leave a message because if I don't see a name on my phone, I will not answer it because I get calls from Russia and USA and all kind of craziness. But, um, but just remember, man, whatever you're going through, God can use all things. Thank y'all. Love y'all. need to finish the story. I need to tell you how God, <laughs> Paul Harvey says, now the rest of the story. Anyway, as my son from Owensboro, Kentucky was coming out to get me, the doctor said, Mr. Lewis, you won't make it home. Told her, told my son I wouldn't make it home. They couldn't understand the whole time I was in the room and intensive care and everything that I was happy. They said, they would come, everybody come in that hospital to talk to me because it was a miracle. They never, never, ever seen anybody come to life. There's a bacteria that starts eating your organs when you die. They do not know how to treat it because people don't come back to life. It, it ate the valve up in my heart. I was on oxygen and I was really weak. Well, my son come out, loaded up. He kept reaching over and feeling my arm. I thought he was just giving me sugars. <laughs> he was seeing if I was still alive because they told him and Mary that I wouldn't make it home. Well, I got home, got married. Next day, went to Duke. Got to Duke, they're going to do an experimental surgery at a 20% recovery rate. Now they're doing it every day with an 80% recovery rate. But 
doctor come in, she couldn't go during COVID. Doctor come in, and he said, Mr. Lewis, he said, uh, we're not gonna do your surgery. I said, how come? He said, you won't make it. I said, well, I'm not gonna make it if you don't do it, and am I? And he said, no. I said, well, give me a chance. He said, well, Mr. Lewis, he said, you have no chance. You understand that? I said, I understand that, but you might learn something from doing me that'll help somebody else. And I know where I'm going. God told me where I'm going. I'm going to a better place. I won't have heart disease. So he came in and he said, you need your stuff in order because, Mr. Lewis, we put you to sleep tomorrow morning. You're not waking up. Do you understand that? I said, yes, I do. And he, he, they couldn't understand why I was at peace. The same way out in South Dakota out there, for the time I was there, they couldn't understand why I was never depressed. I knew where I was going. God told me where I was going. I'm going to a better place. Why would you not? Why would you be upset? Well, they took me in. They did the surgery. It was a success. He came in. He said, Mr. Lewis, you're a tough man. I said, no. People's prayers. I was on oxygen 724. They told me I'd be on it the rest of my life. You don't see any oxygen, do you? I said, with God's help, I'm going to beat this. So I prayed, and every day I never give up, she can tell you. There's no oxygen no more. A year later, I rode my motorcycle to Sturgis. <laughs> God, it's all God. It has nothing to do with Jack. He wasn't done with me. I'm going to tell you one experience that God did through this whole thing with me. About 12 years ago, I go to an oyster festival every year in Chincoteague, Virginia. I met, I had an extra ticket because somebody didn't go, and they're hard to come by. So this guy comes up to me, and he was Navy uh, SEAL. He was a Navy SEAL 6. And he wanted that ticket for his son, so I give it to him. I wouldn't take no money. Well, we become friends, so every year, him and his wife lived together, or his girlfriend at the time, lived together. So every year, we met there, they looked out for me, we had a great time. I told him, I used to say, when are you going to get married? He said, never. Okay. Well, I said the same thing. And we get an invitation, so I go to the Oyster Festival after what happened, and I shared my testimony of what happened and about seeing hell, and you don't want to go there, and God told me to marry Mary, okay? It had a big impact on them. So we get an invitation to their wedding. So we go. The devil really worked on us, man. He didn't want us to go, but we went. We got there. Not only did they get married, they give their heart to the Lord. Got baptized. That's what God did from the testimony of what I give. It wasn't me. It had nothing to do with me. It was God. Thank you. I promise I won't be back. <laughs>
Man, I hope today you are inspired. I really do hope you're inspired. You know, sometimes we get caught up in, in, in the, the, the negative of the thing that we're in, right? Man, remember that scripture today. Romans 8, 28, in all things. Matter of fact, we're going to have a t-shirt made that says all things, okay? There'll be some witness where that we can go. And What do you mean all things? All things. What are you going through? How can I pray for you? All things. And look, today we wanted, we wanted these guys to share. They wanted to share because, look, man, if you've got Christ, then you've got the medicine. You have hope for somebody else. Come man, there's so many people that don't have the medicine. There's people sitting in here this morning. There's people watching online this morning. We're aware of the problem. What's our problem? It ain't cancer. It ain't heart disease. What's our problem? Our problem is sin. It's a sin nature. Our problem is Satan that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy us. That's our problem. And see, a lot of people are aware of the problem. Some people have even actually went to the doctor, you know, or, or went to get help for the problem. So there's awareness. We, we've taken some action. But guys, how many of us are taking the medicine? See, some of us just got the medicine sitting at home on a shelf. Not taking it. Until we take the medicine, and, that, and that's accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our life, taking off the old, right, and putting on the new in Jesus Christ. Until we take the medicine, guys, there ain't going to be much change. And Satan's going to keep stealing, killing, and destroying. And today you've seen two different, unique guys that have taken the medicine, and God is using them in unique and, and, and powerful ways, right? So, Got a new year coming up, right? New year's coming up. What you going to do, man? What are we going to do in this new year? I think today is a great encouragement for us for how we, need to, how we need to live and for what we need to do. Let's recognize the problem. Let's put a plan together. But, man, we've got the medicine. Take the medicine and let Christ do some things in us. In all of those things that are going to happen, right? In all things. Trust God. Agree with Him in His Word. And then be obedient to Him. We went through that in Genesis. What did I just describe? What is that? That's faith, right? That's what pleases God. And guys, that's what we need to do. Everybody, this time of year especially, uh, the first part of January, what do we always do at the end of the year with a new year coming up? Huh? We think about all the negative stuff, about all that crazy stuff that happened last year. We want to we wanna do something differently, right? You know, resolution means a firm decision to do or not do something, right? That's what resolution is. So we're always making these resolutions. How long do most of them last? Huh? About five days, right? They're good for about five days. So, look, let, let, me, let me tell you something, man. We don't want a New Year's resolution. We want a new life resolution. Okay? So, so I want to challenge our church family, challenge you online. Let's, let's strive for a new life resolution. A new way of living. And, and we've got the medicine in Jesus Christ. All we've got to do is take it. He will take care of the issue. He'll take care of all things. Amen? You just heard that today. You just heard that. 
2 Corinthians 3.18. I'm going to close with this. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, and this is Paul. He's writing. He says, so all of us who have had that veil removed, and what does that mean? It means we've, we've come to know Christ. It means salvation has taken place. It means I got the medicine, right? All of us who've had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. What was Paul talking about here? Paul was talking about, y'all remember the movie, Ten Commandments? Charlton Heston, he went up on the mountain, right? As Moses, he got the Ten Commandments. When he came back down, what happened? His face shone, his beard shone, right? That's what he's talking about here. When you meet with God, you change. When you meet with God, when you take the medicine, you shine because you're different. There's a change. There's a life change that takes place. Not just for a year, but for your whole life. That's what he's talking about there. And what follows is a transformation because we're obedient to him. Because Christ is working inside of us. The medicine is working inside of us to change us, to make us like Jesus. Guys, that's what we need for 2024. And what does it look like? Here's what it looks like. Romans chapter 12 is what it looks like. We're surrendered to Christ. We're separated from the world. We have a sober self-assessment of who we are. We serve in love. And then we supernaturally respond to evil with good. Don't worry about writing that down because we're going to go through that in January. Because, guys, if we're doing that, we'll be the people that God wants us to be. We'll be transformed. So we're going to go through in January that thing, and that's, you know, to be transformed in Him, by Him, and for Him, right? Because, look, man, we want to, do you want to be, do you want to be healthy? And I'm not talking about spiritually healthy. I mean, uh, physically healthy. Do we want to be spiritually healthy? Because, see, if we're right spiritually, then what difference does anything else make? But we want to be right and healthy spiritually because it don't make no sense, man, to be alive spiritually but unhealthy, right? You can be in the hospital hooked up to machines, you're still alive, but that ain't healthy. So we want to be healthy. In 2024, we want to be a healthy follower of Jesus Christ, as we said this morning in prayer, not just a fan. We want to follow. And we want to let him transform us and then be used like Jack was used. Be used like Jerry's used. We want God to use us and do some phenomenal things in our life. Not just our life, but in our church family. So I'm going to pray. Scotty's going to close us out. But as you see Jack and Jerry before they leave, man, encourage them. And I want to encourage you. You know, maybe God's done something phenomenal in your life. Man, pray, pray about sharing that with your church family. Because we all need to hear that. It stimulates us and inspires us to keep running the race. Amen? Father, I praise you. I thank you for today. I thank you for these men who, who wanted to share their story of how you simply changed them. And Lord, you changed them through some tragic situation that took place. Lord, you use all things. All things. So we can come to know you, and then so we can grow in you, and then so we can go in you. 
and tell other people about you. Father, today as we end 2023, I pray that you would be glorified, but not, not in what has happened, but no, Lord, I, I, I pray you be glorified in what's to come. Lord, we're not going to stop running this race until we reach the finish line. Help us, Father, to run effectively. Help us, Father, to be changed and transformed, not just a resolution for next year, but no, a new life resolution. In your name we pray. Amen.